Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, I got to start set right off the hop right now and say interest rates went up. Yep. Okay. So we knew this was going to happen. And you know what? I'm going to talk more about it throughout this show. We've got uh, some really good guests joining us this hour. We've got Mr. Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Uh, you've heard him several times here. Uh, he's going to be joining us. And of course, Dave's going to help us break it down and figure out, uh, you know, what, what actually is happening with mortgages. And the other gentleman I'm going to have join me is Mr. Phil Soper. He is the president of Royal LePage. Uh, you'll see a lot of his articles published. Um, Phil is a professional in the world of real estate. Great opinions, great understanding of the market, been in it for a long time, and definitely, you know, he is uh, worth listening to because he's got a really good take on what is happening in this marketplace and are all these huge issues that everybody's, you know, throwing at us, are they really that big or is there probably a little bit more of an underlying, you know, feel to the rest of the market? Uh, we've got minutes with the mayor and this week, We've got the mayor of Peterborough joining us. That's right. Head a little bit east-north, and you're in Peterborough. It is the gateway to the Kawarthas, and definitely a great town to drop by. And we're going to be talking with the mayor a little bit later in the hour. But let me break down some of the titles that have been hitting the newspapers this week. You know, as you all know, uh, one of the things I have to do uh, to be able to be the host of this show and make sure that I'm on top of everything is, you know, taking a look and dissecting what people are talking about talking about in the marketplace. And a lot of the times I look at some of this stuff and I want to call it bunk. It's not always what you should be reading, but you know, it, it makes catchy headlines. And for the last 30 years being in real estate, one of the things I've recognized is that anybody can make a headline, but it doesn't necessarily make it true. I'm not going to start talking about fake news like Mr. Trump there south of us is talking about all the time, but there is some stuff that people throw out in the media just to get attention. And I think what it does is it rattles a few people, starts talking, you know, you start having more conversations at the water cooler that may not be justified, but people will like to talk about it. It becomes gossip and sometimes gossip becomes truth and everybody starts falling off the wagon and everybody gets upset. So today I want to break it down and give you some straight facts about what happened with the Bank of Canada this week. So we went up by a quarter point. Everybody heard it. The Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Pelosi announced it, you know, saying that it looks like the Canadian economy is doing better. You know, the measures that they put in place when Alberta started having some struggles by knocking down the bank rate uh, have now taken effect and it looks like the economy is getting stronger. Okay, fact or fiction? Fact, 100%. We know that the numbers are improving. But here's the thing. When people turn around and they hear a quarter point increase, because we have been spoiled for so long, we still have interest rates below 3%. And I know for some of you that are just coming into the mortgage market and you hear something above 3%, it's absolutely shocking. It's like, how dare we pay that much money? Well, let's paint a, a realistic picture of what's actually happened in the past. Over the last, let's say, 20 years, you know, 20 years ago, interest rates, they were cruising right around 10%. Uh, before that, 18 to 24%. So when we start talking about potential rates going from, you know, uh, sitting around two and three quarters to 3%, you know, that's still really inexpensive money. And I know a lot of people are saying this, saying to themselves, yes, but I don't want to pay those big rates. Well, 
You're going to have to. Now, one thing that we know for sure is that when we start seeing the bank rate push a little, and you know, up until a few years ago, it was sitting at about 1%. So what we heard was the, the number always floating around at 3%. Well, banks would discount this because they always wanted a marketplace. And a few years ago, uh, the Bank of Montreal, um, BMO, was out there, and they turned around and they were the ones that started pushing the rates below 3% by doing some, you know, I guess significant discounts. And this really started the whole onslaught of rates coming down below 3%. So I applaud them for doing it because they wanted to be competitive. And so keep in mind when negotiating an interest rate that banks can be competitive and you can play sometimes them against each other. I'm sure all you mortgage specialists that do tune into the show on a regular basis are, you know, probably cringing saying, hey, Todd, don't tell them that. Don't tell them things are negotiable. But they typically are. So that's one of those things that, you know, you may not get a half a point off, but you can definitely negotiate. So let's take a look at some numbers. The facts are as simple as this. If you turn around today and you have to go to a 3% interest rate, I know people are sitting there saying 3%. Hang on, Todd. If you're looking at 2.75, it goes up by a quarter of a point. The difference per $100,000. So if you have a $100,000 mortgage, your payment went up by 12 so that is the difference from Tuesday to Wednesday. Now, if we take a look at the average mortgage sitting up around $600,000, so if you're owning something in around that eight dollars or $900,000 mark, well, the truth is your mortgage is going to cost you roughly $72 to $74 more per month. So that's, keep in mind that just because the interest rates go up, if you're not working with a variable, if you're in a fixed rate right now, then it has no impact on you whatsoever. So when we talk about fixed rates and variable rates, you know, what does it really mean? A variable rate works with prime and that's what just got adjusted. So for those of you that have been working with the discount rates and there have been significant discounts right now for prime uh, and, and there still will be, but people have been getting mortgages at 2.19, 2.29, some really low rates. And over time, most people talk about interest rates. The best place to be is actually on a variable. So this is floating with prime. So they take, the, they take prime, they discount it to a certain point and and this is what you end up with as far as an interest rate. So, so if prime goes up, that means technically that your payment will change uh, immediately. If you had a fixed year, if you had a fixed mortgage, so that means that perhaps you locked in a rate. Some people will lock in one year, two, three, four, five, and even 10 year rates then at that point, it's when the term ends. So the term of a mortgage is the start and finish of the mortgage that you committed to with your lender. And of course, when we talk about amortization, we talk about the length of time it will take to pay off the mortgage in its entirety. You'll find most people start off with a mortgage at around 25 year amortization. And that means it's gonna take 25 years to pay off that debt. And a lot of people look at the debt as it starts to retire each mortgage payment, as it takes forever, but you'd be surprised how quickly it goes by. You can calculate out your reduction of your debt at a rate of 3% roughly of the mortgage amount per year. So if you look at five years from now, your mortgage more or less will be 15% less than what you started from. 
Now, if you've got a variable rate, this may change. So if you've been focusing on variable, that means your, your actual payment may go up, your amortization will remain the same, and your debt reduction will remain the same, but you're paying a little bit more interest. So when you are talking to lenders, this is very important for you to understand some of these terms. If you don't understand them, then you know what? My best friend in the world is Google. I always believe that people should go in armed with information, and don't be afraid to ask people you know there's no such thing as a stupid question and if you really don't understand amortization terms interest you know uh, prepayment privileges things like that before you commit to anything make sure that you've got all the facts and figures so you know what you're committing to because remember this is a long-term relationship if you lock into something for five years but you can't pay it off any sooner or you can't at make an addition to your payments you may not be very happy about that that means that you're sticking it out to pay the interest as per agreed so one of the things that you should do make sure you're fully um, you know made aware of what it, you are signing this is so important so back to my rant about interest rates at this point so do it did I expect this to happen sooner or later we all had uh, you know this inkling that it was going to go up we couldn't stay that low forever the real question is is that will they actually pull the trigger in October for another increase so bringing it back to what was the norm to that one percent will that happen well Again, we're going to feel it out as time goes on. Some new rules and regulations may come down in the mortgage world for people that are buying with conventional mortgage, meaning that you've got 20% or more down on the property. They may want to tighten up the rules there. I'm going to talk to Dave Butler about that in a little while and find out his take on it and what should happen. But this was not to be you know something that we thought this came out of the blue uh, a lot of economists were forecasting this the fact that the bank of canada over the last six weeks has been hinting at it um, this is something that's going to happen will this affect the market and this is why i'm bringing in phil soper a little bit later will this have an adverse effect to the market we've already got the 16 gauge gun approach uh, that the wind government put in the fair housing uh, program as they want to call it that's already having some effect on the marketplace and again this is an outside source effect we know interest rates is typical market but when you have a government get involved this is what can change marketplaces one of the reasons why i'm trying to bring all of this up to you is that i don't want any of you to panic unless you are completely underwater you need to ride markets like this out in other words if you can turn around and you get your refinancing in the right position, you've bought a home, you're not a speculator, you know what, there's nothing wrong with riding a market out for a few years. First and foremost, you're paying down your mortgage. Second of all, markets do return. And this one that we're feeling right now, just a little bit of a blip, in my opinion. And when people say, listen, Todd, it went down by 8%, that's no blip. It's not, but this that's because you're talking a daily approach, not a uh, annual approach. And this is where this time next year, I would say that none of you have lost any money on the property. I think it does come back. You may not see that massive increase that you were hoping for because a lot of speculators are out there saying, hey, I can make 20, 30% a year. You're not gonna get that. But if we return to normal, all of you that bought your properties January, February, March, and April, that you feel that you might've overpaid a little, you should probably still see a six to 8% increase, maybe as low as four, 
But if you bought it to live in it, there should be no issue. If you bought it to speculate, then make sure you've got good tenancy in place. Make sure it's short term if you're going to sell the property and make sure you know what you're doing because this is not the time to be speculating. A lot of people are still saying, hey, what about the builders? Well, the builders are going to continue to build. We still have an inventory problem. And there's lots uh, in this marketplace that, you know what, it's going to slow down a little. We've come into the summer market. This is to be expected. But are we returning to normal? My guess is yes. And if we start seeing annual increases around 5 to 8%, I think it's just going to be better for everyone. So when we come back, I've got Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage joining me, and we're going to be talking about his take on what the Bank of Canada did. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. As I promised before we went to the break, I'm going to be talking to our mortgage expert, Mr. Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage, and welcome to the show, Dave. Hi, Todd. How you doing? Uh, well, <laughs> I think I'm doing better than you are right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that your world just got, well, at least adjusted by a quarter of a point the other day. So It's been interesting, the lead up to it. Uh, obviously, certainly a lot of our clientele wanting to speak to us, get advice, what to do, what not to do. Um, and then, you know, the proverbial bomb was dropped uh, on Wednesday there. And it looks like uh, we've got an increase. Dave, a couple of things that I want to talk to you about today, obviously, is the fact of, you know, the ramifications on mortgages. Obviously, it doesn't make a huge difference uh, in a monthly payment when we're only talking about a quarter of a point. Um, I think per 100000 somewhere around $12 or something. But from the overall impression of the marketplace, are you finding that this is, do you think this is going to put the heat on those buyers that are saying, okay, maybe we better come off the fence now? Because, I mean, the Bank of Canada is, you know, potentially going to increase the rate again this year. And, um, you know, they'll, I guess they're going to watch the economy and find out if 2018 means that we're going to have another one as well. Yeah, you know, it's, this is a really interesting time. I mean, I, I, I look back to, 2014 and 2015, and I know you can look back as well, and you would see that we had an extremely healthy real estate market. Uh, the prime rate, you know, the Bank of Canada prime rate, you know, amongst the banks for variable rates was sitting at 3%, and then you were getting a discount from there. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We, we're seeing a lot of panic. I don't know if that's because we live in a more virtual world. Uh, I also don't know if because rates have been so low for so long. We haven't seen a prime rate increase in seven years. So when it happens, it certainly, you know, gets people's attention. Um, but, you know, I, I really do keep going back. And I, when I'm speaking to clients, I go back to 2014 and 2015, and I say to my clients that simply the rates, you know, that, that, that we're looking at today are still lower than what we had in 2014 and 2015. And we had a very, very, very healthy real estate market. We had a very healthy financial market. Um, I really, I mean, when you really break this down, I believe that the Bank of Canada is dead set on trying to get back that 0.5 that they reduced it in 2015. If we remember that reduction, those two quarter point reductions that the Bank of Canada did in 2015 was aimed to bail out the oil sector. They were not aiming to bail out BC and Toronto home buyers. So, you know, we got a bit of a, you know, call it a cherry on top with that unexpected rate decreases twice in 2015. And we've had, you know, what most people would consider an unexpected rate increase uh, this year, but we're still lower than we were in 2015 before the rates started dropping. And I, I believe we may just get more into more of a healthier market, in my opinion. 
Yeah. You know, one of the things that we're seeing, obviously, is the fact that the market is starting to slow down. You know, you had a, a an incredible spring slash up until June because you had so many people that already bought kind of under the gun. And now we're looking at the fact that, you know, maybe throughout the, re, the rest of the year, we're going to see a little bit more normalcy into the marketplace. But, you know, I guess I guess as playing devil's advocate right now, when you bring up 2014, 2015, um, from that time period, we've had probably a 30 to 50% increase in prices, though, in the property. So we may have the same return to the same interest rate, which people were affording, but now we're seeing, you know, a, a much higher price. And even though it's starting to, you know, come off a little, you know, the heat's off the, the actual uh, the actual price itself, people are still having to, to take a look at, pro, you know, prices that are, you know, again, higher than they were back then. You know, I, it's without a doubt. I mean, everything you're saying is 100% correct. I mean, there's there, there needs to be some form of, you know, whether we call it an adjustment. I don't necessarily know if it's an adjustment. I think it's more of a getting used to, you know, what we're looking at with regards to the new rates that are out there. You know, the price increases that you and I have seen in the last couple of years has certainly, uh, you know, I, I would say it's probably knocked a bunch of people's socks up. Um, I think that if we notice, you know, we start to see a bit of a slowdown in that, um, you know, again, healthy, healthy, balanced market is always going to be a key thing. You know, and especially when, you know, you and I work with a lot of investors. Uh, you know, the truth is our investors are not willing, you know, and not as willing, excuse me, to uh, compete in this market with these prices. And I mean, so, you know, where we saw an imbalance with these prices going up, um, you know, abnormally high, you know, we also know that some investors were sitting on the sidelines, you know, kind of waiting to see when things would go back to normalcy. So it's like it's interesting to kind of see the balance between what happens when those, you know, buyers exit the market now because it's too expensive and the rates are higher. And then you have these investors jump back into the market. What is going to be the effect of that? There's a lot of question marks. Uh, the Bank of Canada left us with a lot of question marks on Wednesday. Uh, you know, so it's 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 uh, one of the one of the things I like to talk to my clients about is you know we 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 certainly have no issues with watching and seeing how the dust settles. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of clients want to make a move now, and I understand that they, they, there's pressure; they want to do that. But you know, a lot of times, is we're very low. You and I both know we're still in the twos. Uh, you know, very 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 low interest rates, and you know, a wait and see approach, at least at the start. It would seem to me like possibly the better fit. Yeah. So, Dave, you know, I, I kind of classify the buyers right now as three three different people. You know, um, these are the people that are the end user homeowners. We have the investors and then we have the speculators. I think that this market adjustment will work good for obviously people that are homeowners and people that are true investors, meaning long term hold work with equity pay down. But it's the speculators. This is this is the one that this this current marketplace is the unstable part of the market for those people that were, you know, looking at the get rich, you know, approach or the quick flip. And of course, with the wind government stepping in, you know, back in April there, you know, I think that this is going to, you know, have a counter effect to that. But, you know, when we take a look at uh, a couple of other things, you know, a little bit of the financial industry, they're saying, you know, they're looking at potentially in the fall, even tightening uh, the borrowing ability of people a little bit more. What's your take on that? Yeah, actually, there's the, I, I've gotten down to the talk on that in terms of what they're really looking at. And one of the things, and it was actually put out in the press just a little bit ago, I don't know if, if, who exactly wrote the article, but um, there was a discussion that 
um, the uh, office, uh, obviously government regulators and uh, the banks were talking about now changing some of the rules to conventional mortgage. So if you remember, uh, when they made these neat recent rule changes back last November, they had changed all high ratio mortgages to have to qualify under that Bank of Canada posted rate. Whether it was fixed, variable, didn't matter. You had to qualify for that stress test rate. And then, but at 20% down, that was not there yet. So basically today, you know, if you're applying for a five-year fixed at a bank and you have 20% down or more, you actually can qualify on the lower fixed rate. So what I'm hearing is that there's definitely some pressure from Opsi that the banks should follow suit with those rules. They have not yet, you know, ever since November, the banks have been sticking to their own stuff on conventional. But the thought process that, that, that I was uh, hearing out there was that we are looking at having conventional mortgage now also follow under the same insurer rules. That wouldn't surprise me, but I also don't think that that would have a major, major impact. A lot of people that are putting down 20% down, they can qualify uh, for a variable rate and on that stress test. Uh, I think it would really, you know, like we saw a lot of the rule changes last year, there wasn't a major effect. I think what we're seeing a lot more now is the the interest rate effect that could be coming through. Yeah, excellent. Well, listen, Dave, it's always a pleasure to uh, to have a chat with you and get an update. Again, this one, you know, you and I were you know figuring that this was going to happen. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, we'll take keep taking a look at the market together. So, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. My pleasure, absolutely. Yeah, you know what? Dust, letting the dust settle is never a bad thing when we're still sitting in these low of interest rates. Yeah, excellent. Uh, thanks so much, Dave. And that was Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Hey, listen, stay put. When I come back, I've got a Phil Soper from Royal LePage. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. So I don't know how many of you have been reading the newspaper articles on real estate lately. Of course, every single day, there's, you know, multiple in in all sorts of multiple avenues that have been out there. But one that I like to take to heart, uh, he is a repeat guest here at Simply Real Estate, and it's Mr. Phil Soper. He is president of Royal LePage. And Mr. Soper, welcome back to the show. Uh, great to be back on. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I have to agree with a lot of what you've been writing lately in what's going on with the market. But instead of me talking about it, how about um, what is your take right now for 2017 and what we're, what we're looking at? Maybe you can bring our listeners up to speed on actually what's been happening and then what you, you kind of forecast that's going to happen for the rest of the year. Absolutely. Well, you know, why don't we start with Canada as a whole? It's been a blockbuster of a year for for the country. And every market in the country, save a couple, has been healthy. Uh, maybe as a surprise to your listener, listeners, uh, I would have been the first quarter put the Toronto market in one of the unhealthy uh, categories, along with, say, St. John's, Newfoundland, but for very different reasons. Toronto was just, uh, there was irrational exuberance, uh, prices rising at a rate uh, completely dec- uh, uh, disconnected for underlying economics and wages and salaries and that that sort of thing. Uh, but that's about to change. And Newfoundland, just uh, to let people know, still suffering a little from the uh, oil crisis, but on a road to recovery. Here in the uh, GTA, in the second quarter, the Royal Page House Price Survey uh, showed uh, prices went up 24% uh, overall for the entire GTA market. The good news is our forecast for the full year shows considerable um, 
uh, cooling in the second half. And that midpoint 24 number, by the end of the year, it will have moderated to 18. Still not a very moderate number, but for uh, those math majors out there, you know that um, it's considerably less than that 18 to bring the 24 down that, that far in the second half. Sure. So, Phil, when we talk when we talk about the real estate markets, you and I both sat back and we watched January, February, March, and and part of April have this incredible run up. You know, even month over month, we were you know I would say shocked to a certain point how the market got away from everyone. And so, the people that let's say um, have bought and they actually bought in the March timeframe, if we take and analyze the numbers, if we're talking year over year, they will feel a reduction in their in their. Act- Actual value, will they not? Yes, you know what the the one of the one of the things that that catches people a little bit a uh, little bit off base is when we talk about declines. We're sometimes talking not about a decline in the absolute value of a home, but a decline in the rate at which it's appreciating. So, firstly, if we look at a normal year in in a North American city. A normal year would have the peak somewhere in the April-May time frame because we're, we're, we're stuck on a spring market a cycle that relates to people wanting to sell their homes and move into their new house in the summer to get their kids ready for school. And it follows that cycle even if you don't have any, <laughs> any kids. It's just this long-term cycle that, that real estate in North America has followed. So in a traditional year, the peak price at which homes sell is in the April-May time frame. And we typically see the summer and the fall, the home prices are a little little bit less. Now you say, oh, maybe I should wait till the summer or the fall or even the winter to buy a home. And it is true. You can sometimes get a bit of a better deal. The problem is nobody lists their home, relatively speaking, in those times of year. So selection is very, uh, is very light. So what someone who bought a home in March, April, May, it may look like that that home is work, worth less now, but what they really have to do is compare it to next year in the spring market. Uh, and I will tell you, there's it is highly unlikely that home won't be worth, say, 10% more uh, next year at this time, because while the rate that homes are rising is softening in Toronto, it is, they are still going to rise. Uh, there's just not enough homes and the economy is just working too well. Too many new people moving into the province from other provinces and from around the world and we don't have enough houses for them. You know, you, you touched on something there and, and I think it's been one of the big conversations over the last few years is the pure lack of inventory. And of course, you know, we've had, uh, you know, some of the government officials stepping in saying, oh no, there's plenty of inventory inventory, it's just a runaway price. And of course, with the wind government stepping in and implementing the, I, I call it the 16 gauge approach, like a shotgun. <laughs> and, you know, by by implementing some of these things, I mean, I think there was some positive effects. I think there's some negative effects. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, and, and I think we really are going to have to wait out, you know, at least another 12 months to see how that, that does shake up. But, you know, you mentioned something that, that I, I would agree with you 100%, and maybe you can elaborate a little. When we talk about the lack of inventory, 
it's not just from a resale perspective. We see that the builders, the condominium builders, are not actually keeping up to pace right now. And over the next few years, we know inventory is actually going to drop in that uh, avenue. What do you see across Canada? Is this still a problem? I mean, Vancouver and Toronto are, are obviously notorious for it. But are we seeing this pretty much across Canada? You know what? It's a... It's a fairly balanced market in cities like Ottawa, Montreal, Winnipeg, a little bit of a buyer's market in Atlantic Canada right now. You know, demographically, they just don't have the population growth that we do in other parts of the country. It's, it's an older part of the country. Um, in the West, we're in uh, Alberta in particular, uh, the bottom for, from the oil crisis was hit uh, last year. We're actually looking at prices being up 5% in Calgary. So inventory there is a little tight. But if you really, if you really focus on our big two uh, metropolitan areas, the lower mainland of British Columbia, the greater Vancouver area, and the GTA, we've so many of the new Canadians arrive in these areas. And the net interprovincial migration patterns move people from uh, places like uh, Nova Scotia into the GTA. And builders, yeah, they don't keep up. I remember back in 2012, there were all these stories about uh, overbuilding in the condominium sector. And I said, uh, you know, if you look at the demographic projections, we're going to be talking about a condominium uh, shortage in, in 12 to 18 months. And sure enough, before uh, 2013 was out, we were we were talking about shortages. The builders don't want to get ahead of themselves. They, they don't want unsold inventory. Uh, so there's always this this pressure in highly vibrant, growing markets to add more more homes. And when you couple that with a problem we have in Vancouver and Toronto, where we have rest, uh, restrictions in the amount of either geographic or regulatory in the amount of land we have to spread out on, it really, it really does put pressure on inventory. And for detached homes in the GTA, it's not going to change. In, in our lifetimes, um, we, we, there's constantly going to be a pressure on the amount of detached homes we have. Yeah. So um, quick question for you. Bank of Canada raised the rates uh, this week. I mean, it's yeah. something that we knew had to happen sooner or later. Do you think it's going to have much of an effect on the market? It's all additive. You know, you've, you've got the federal uh, tightening of access to insured mortgages that happened last year. You've got the... Um, the the uh, fair housing plan, including the tax on foreign investment in uh, the GTA, you've got the, um, the the rent controls, which will unfortunately um, hurt in terms of building purpose built uh, rentals. All these little things, including the um, uh, 25 basis point bump in the the bank rate yesterday. Um, uh, eat away at the market. Some some will help it, like rent controls, uh, unless you want to rent property. Some will hurt it, like uh, like ac- uh, reduced access to to mortgages and uh, insured mortgages and a higher higher mortgage rate. However, they're all call it marginal, small things compared to the big two. The big two on the drag side or holding the market down will be affordability. When prices go up by 20% in a single year, some people just can't afford a house. And then on the 
Other side, you have economic vibrancy, so new jobs, consumer confidence, expanding economy, um, and that drives demand. So those are the two big and these uh, two big things. And these these other things are sort of they they take a few marginal transactions out or they add a few. On balance, though, uh, the GTA market, the Ontario market, is heading for a better place. Uh, we're 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 going to see relatively flat prices, we believe, for the balance of the year, and it'll bring some of the frothiness, uh, take some of the frothiness out out of the market. The the bump in the um, uh, bank rate minor in in isolation but it's 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 going to help in terms of uh, moderating the market excellent well listen phil it's been a pleasure having you back on the show and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch because i think it's going to be an interesting uh, year that we've got in front of us to finish up so thank you so much for joining us today uh, always a pleasure good luck excellent. with your show thank you so much folks that was phil soper he is president of royal lepage and when we come back we've got the mayor of peterborough joining us mr daryl bennett so stay with us we'll be right back after this and welcome back as i mentioned just before we went to the break uh, this is our minutes with a mayor section and always one of my favorite sections to be chatting in um you know i have to tell you you know we're very fortunate to have so many mayors offer their time to talk about their municipalities their cities their towns and pretty much give us an idea of what ontario is like well you know what we are going a little bit east of the gta right now we are going over to peterborough and i'm going to introduce the mayor of peterborough mr daryl bennett uh mr mayor welcome to the show well todd thank you that's a wonderful introduction and uh, it is a great day to be alive and well in Peterborough and I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, you know, um, I, I know that you've been uh, the mayor since 2010. I congratulate you on that. Peterborough is a wonderful, wonderful place. I don't know how many of our listeners are f that familiar with it. You know, a lot of us that are cottagers have always called it kind of the gateway to Kawartha's. Um, I think my family has been going that direction for, oh, you know, as long as I've been alive. And, and, and I have to tell you, it's it's interesting because Peterborough still maintains, it's got a, a small time, small town kind of feel to it, but yet it's also quite a uh, small little metropolis that has been growing there. Well, it's the biggest small town in Ontario as far as I'm concerned. I'm six generations now. I have a long history with uh, the community of Peterborough and also the surrounding area, so we go back a long ways in politics. My great-great-grandfather was a clerk of Dummer Township, which is just east of here. His son, my great-grandfather, was warden of Peterborough County. His son, my grandfather, was warden of Peterborough County. His son, my uncle, was warden of Peterborough County, and his brother was mayor of Alliston. And my father-in-law was the MPP here from 59 to 67, and my father was on city council back in the 70s. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of political history and a lot of uh, well-intentioned individuals who spent a lot of time uh, working on the betterment of this region. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, maybe you can enlighten us a little bit about Peterborough because, uh, you know, I, I am familiar with it. You've got some wonderful universities and colleges out there. You've got industry. Um, but maybe you can can give us some of the highlights for our listeners' sake. Well, you touched on it. It uh, sits amidst the uh, cottage country splendor of the Korthas in many ways. We, uh, we are a water-based community and we uh, 
take great pride in uh, our ability to manage that resource and to ensure that it's uh, made better as we move through the process. Certainly, we're, we're home to uh, Trent University and, and Fleming College. Both of those are very uh, popular and growing institutions. We have a very vibrant downtown uh, core that has uh, all of the uh, unique little shops, plus most of the uh, chains uh, that are available in other centers are here as well. So there's uh, lots to do in the community. We have uh, lots of great restaurants and pubs and uh, lots of characteristics that makes Peterborough the very unique place that it is. So, of course, Peterborough, uh, you know, attracting so many cottagers and vacationers. Um, are there any special events that happen throughout the summer that, you know, our listeners should know about? Well, we have one that we take uh, great pride in, and that's our uh, Music Fest, which uh, runs uh, it's a free uh, concert that's uh, brought about uh, Saturdays and Wednesdays uh, throughout the summer uh, with some great headliners and some great shows. We started off this year with Kim Mitchell, and then we moved to uh, Jesse Cook and Tom Cochran and Kate Sir, which is one of our local uh, ladies. And we have uh, Absolute Journey and then Home Free and uh, Elton Roan and then the uh, oh, Washboard Union and Philosophers, the Sheepdogs. There's quite a number of uh, well-known uh, bands and a few that are very unique to uh, to our community. So it is well attended. I think the uh, July 1st kickoff saw about 16,000 people uh, in the park and it, uh, it always draws uh, a great crowd for the community and for those in and around the community. And of course, our Peterborough exhibition is uh, a highlight of our summertime as well, held in August each year and it's uh, shows off our, our local uh, farm, uh, urban and rural uh, coming together uh, in, uh, in the form of an exhibition. Well, you had mentioned and touched on some of the education. Uh, you've got Trent University and a few of the other colleges there. Um, can, you, can you kind of elaborate on it? Because not everybody may be familiar with some of the schooling there and what opportunities lie for some of the students. Well, we actually have three. Uh, we have uh, Trent University and Sir Sanford Plumbing College that are well established. Then we have the new uh, Sacred Heart uh, college, which has just been uh, awarded degree granting potential as well, and that's a, uh, a college in uh, in the Catholic tradition, and we're looking for a great. Uh prospects coming forward from that one as well. But uh, Trent certainly has been around for 50 years, as has Sir Sanford. Both of them have uh, made their mark on uh, the areas that they uh, uh, have some uh, working knowledge in, and not the least of which is uh, Trent's with its water-based uh, activities, and certainly it's, uh, it's a liberal arts uh, community, but it also has moved into the sciences as well. So it has spun off some uh, great opportunities for those uh, living and working in the Peterborough area, not the least of which is a new uh, noble gen enterprise, which is a young man who started off growing uh, algae in his father's uh, sauna back many years ago and has developed into a business that's going to be a uh, king pin for the uh, new uh, industrial park that's being attached to the Trent University campus. Sir Sanford, on the other hand, has moved into uh, what I believe is going to be the trend coming forward over the next decade or two, and that's the Kortha Skills Training Center, and that's uh, teaching our young people and those who wish to get back into some form of trade, uh, a new trade and or a, uh, a, re- a retraining for uh, the trade industry to bring everybody up to standards. And I see that 
as being a major necessity over the next decade or two as we uh, look to replace uh, some of our workers in our existing work base. Excellent. And Mr. Mayor, of course, um, I, I'm aware that you've got you know a newer hospital uh, that was built up a few years ago. And as far as employment goes, what what can most people you know take away from this conversation about what kind of employment employment can happen in Peterborough area? Well, we have a broad base. We were uh, a manufacturing community, as many others in Ontario were back uh, 50 plus years ago. Uh, that has changed, as have a lot of other communities, and we've moved into uh, Minister Natural resources has their head office here, PRHC, our uh, local hospital facility, uh, education facilities, both the separate board and public board, and the Roman Catholic uh, French board has a presence here as well. And then, of course, Trent and Sir Samford uh, have all great opportunities by way of uh, upper-end employment, and then we still move back to our manufacturers who still have maintained a base here, uh, GE, uh, uh, Siemens, uh, quite a number of others of that ilk, uh, Venture Plastics is another one, uh, and others of a smaller nature in the manufacturing side of it, and then into the uh, commercialized side of it as well. So we've got uh, lots of opportunities here. It's just a question of matching up those job skills with the uh, with the jobs that are out there. I think at any given time, there's 3,000 people looking for work, and there's 4,000 jobs that are available. It's just a question of getting the skills aligned. Sure. Now, one of the, one of the things that um, a few years ago that the report came out in Canada, Peterborough was one of the top areas for people to retire in but yet I think you're starting to see a little bit of resurgence of young families moving into the area are, are you finding this being a little bit more commonplace well we're still uh, we're still regarded as a aged community if that's uh, if that's the proper terminology <laughs> to use I'm one of them so I feel great about it uh, it's uh, age is just a number as we all know it's the life that's left in your years not the years in your life uh, the, the aged uh, population that we have here is, is a very stabilizing influence on our local economy and certainly it has bowed us well through the uh, 2008-2009 bit of a downturn that happened in other parts of the country. It did not affect us uh, nearly as bad. Yes, we have uh, a change coming once again. We have a number of uh, younger families. We took on uh, a number of the Syrian refugee uh, groups uh, have arrived in Peterborough. We're looking to uh, run that number to around 300 families going forward and that's quite a uh, ups uptake in uh, in volumes by way of uh, young people and young families coming into the area so there's uh, there's lots of great opportunities for both uh, our elderly population and our and our youth right and just uh, I'm going to just touch on this because I always ask all the mayors this with the wind government implementing uh, some of the new rules for real estate and one of them being foreign buyers um, do you feel that you've got a lot of people immigrating uh, you know foreigners coming in uh, new new Canadians um, in the Peterborough area at all? No, we don't see that uh, to the extent that you do in the bigger communities. We have uh, a number of people who have, uh, uh, if I may use a bit of a hockey analogy, uh, Mr. Gretzky was always famous for saying, go where the puck's going to be, not where it is now. And certainly I think we found that to be the case uh, with some of the people who have exited the uh, GTA area uh, along the lakeshore and running into uh, Toronto, especially from the east. Uh, we've had a number of people who have relocated to the Peterborough area to take advantage of our lower prices here as far as housing goes and our lower taxes as far as uh, operations go. So I think uh, people have made some pretty wise uh, business decisions to uh, assist them with their retirement plans going forward. And I'm not talking all people of retirement age. I'm talking those who might be, you know, 
five or eight years away from retirement, they just decided to uh, cash in in the uh, Toronto area and move to a, uh, a smaller community and take advantage of the lifestyle that's here. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's been a real pleasure to have you here uh, with uh, Simply Real Estate today. And um, I, I have to tell you to all our listeners, uh, Peterborough is a wonderful place. Definitely you you want people to come and visit. And half the time when they come and visit, I think they plan on staying. So I think it's uh, I think it's a wonderful area. That's our that's our hidden uh, secret. I'll say we do uh, we do see and find a lot of people who return year after year, and then eventually they become one of us. So it's great to uh, great to welcome them here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Great chatting. Thank you. So it's always a pleasure to have the mayors join us, and uh, I just want to thank Daryl Bennett once again for joining us from Peterborough. My other guests, of course, Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Always a pleasure to get Dave's update and his take on what's happening in uh, the real world of mortgages. And Mr. Phil Soper, president of Royal LePage. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. You know, folks, when you hear these people, these people are the ones that live and breathe the marketplaces. So don't take uh, what they have uh, to say too lightly. They really do know what's going on. Of course, I want to thank all of you for tuning in this week. I want to thank my producer, Ian Grant. He always makes it simple for me. And remember, next week I'm back at 3 p.m. If you have any investment questions, don't forget, you can reach me at thesimpleinvestor.com, and I'm happy to answer any questions. We've got some interesting stuff coming up in August, a new release. I'm just throwing it out there. So I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. Thanks for tuning in this week. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.